Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present, to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Light up the sky, burn it up like a candle. When life gets harder, too hot to handle. All you need is love in the boombox to make this world rock and bump to the roof stop. Welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your buddy Ryan, and guess what, folks? Let me be the first to tell you, you have made it to Friday. You've made it to the end of the week. We did it. We did it together. I'm going to take the majority of the credit for you making it to Friday, but then then it's all you guys. Uh, listen, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing Vanderpump Rules solo recap today. Season 10, episode 2, baby. Um, and... I just I, I can't 
Poor Peter Madrigal, dude. Peter Madrigal has been on this show since the beginning, but he's barely been on it for the last couple of seasons. Like, Peter used to, because do you guys remember back in the reunion, like, they would bring Peter out just to bring it, like, shots? Like, Peter's out here to give us some buttery nipple shots, and everybody would do a shot, you know, Peter would wave, and it would be his, like, big moment at the reunion at the end. And then the last couple of years, they've even done away with that. Like, the COVID season was the worst. Like, P- Peter was like, can I come in, can I come in on the Zoom session and just just say i'm here to bring shots like but now he's in it and they just make him look like a complete buffoon in a way like i know some of you guys are like oh nice guy but you know what i'm saying like oh my god i cannot wait to get to the peter scenes like peter might be my favorite character this season and i'm really sad that he might be completely done after this episode but what a two episode run two episodes of almost dating raquel levis like that is I mean, this this is probably the biggest storyline Peter's ever had. Like, but I mean, just think we, you know what? We should do a whole so bad it's good just celebrating Peter Madrigal. Cause like he truly has been on from the beginning, huge part of this show, but like, wow. Wow. And I just in I hope he doesn't um I hope he doesn't go back and watch the shows. Somebody told me he did an interview where he said he doesn't watch the shows, but he actually thought he was one of the leads. And I always, I, I don't, there's no way that could be true. But part of me kind of wants it to be true. Like, I just love the thought of him potentially never watching the show and thinking that he might be one of the leads because he's like, yeah, there's always cameras around. I mean, they're never pointed at me, but do they have to be? Like, they're 360 cameras, right? <laughs> How's that? I mean, God, I, I've done shows every day this week, yet I feel like I haven't talked to you. Um, I uh, I drove back to Arizona today. I told you I had some fun interviews this morning. Uh, really fun, actually. I can't wait to show you guys those next week. And by the way, reminder that we're on YouTube as well. So if you want to see these, if you want to see the recaps, uh, they'll be on YouTube. Like this Vanderpump one will probably be up tomorrow night or Saturday if you want to see the funny faces I make. Uh, but then I went, I drove to Arizona, got here tonight, and uh, it's almost like midnight here in Arizona, and I am beat. But I am going, I'm powering through, dude, because we are talking some Vanderpump rules. Also, the if you are watching on YouTube, the the background the background is blurry because my dad I'm in my dad's little tiny office, and it's a small it's a tiny little house that my parents live in, so I'm trying to be quieter than usual. So I don't, <laughs> my dad's like, it sounds like somebody's, sounds like somebody's losing their shit in the office. I'm like, dad, I'm talking about Peter Madrigal, please. I'm a grown man. Um, you guys, guess what I listened to on the car ride. It's like a seven hour car ride. And, uh, I listened to a, a Beck album, man. I love Beck. You guys remember Beck? Like the, I'm a loser, baby. man. He's been around forever, but I, I was listening to one of my favorite albums of his. It's called Midnight Vultures from 1999. And I know nobody probably knows what I'm talking about, but it is the funkiest, funnest album. And I used to love it when I was a kid and, and I re-listened to it today and it's still so good. So I was jamming out to that. And then I was listening to this audio book called Slonem Woods 9 about one of the people, uh, one of the students at Sarah Lawrence College that uh, was part of the Stolen Youth documentary I talked about last week on Hulu about that weirdo Larry Ray, the older dude that brainwashed all those students at Sarah Lawrence. So I'm, re- I'm like listening to his memoir, memoir. I never say memoir, right? But then 
while I was driving it, you know, then I got, I got a notice that the old library said that the Heather Gay Bad Mormon audiobook was ready for download. And I was like, oh man, like, and you guys know if you listen to my Salt Lake recaps that I took a major turn on Heather Gay this season. But listen, I want to I want to listen to it. So I listen to it the rest of the way home. I think on Monday I'm going to share my thoughts. I'm going to do a little bit book report for you guys because I got a lot of thoughts. I got a lot of feelings. And you're talking to somebody that in the last 3 weeks and I don't even know I didn't plan it this way, but I've listened to Craig Conover's audio audiobook and Leah McSweeney's audiobook all in the last like I'm almost at my Bravo capacity in terms of listening to their books. A lot of these, like I always say, should just be podcasts. They, they don't, I don't think I would. That's why I always listen to them with my ears. Cause I'm like, do I want to waste my eyes on this? But anyways, I've got a lot of thoughts on I got, I got like a half of a, a section left. So I'm almost, I made really good headway. I was listening. <laughs> I posted this on the Instagram uh, that I was listening to it. And somebody pointed out that I was listening to it at 1.75 speed. Because, you know, most things you listen to at once 1.0 speed. But I listen to like when I listen to Up First in the Morning, the only podcast I usually listen to is this news one. I listen to it at 1.5. But with Heather Gaze, I was like, fuck it. And I listened to 1.75 because I just wanted to get it over with as quickly as possible. And people think I'm a maniac for that kind of stuff. But I like I why why would I want to listen to that slow? Like, why would I want to slow that down? Um, there's tons of pop culture stories that we haven't got to get to this week and that's going to be on monday's episode our pop culture roundup uh that because i but because also I, I was just given information that bad bunny is potentially dating kendall jenner now like what guys can we just i mean i was talking to my dad about this tonight we've got to all be able to agree on a couple of things right like, I know we're so divided in everything. Even our Bravo opinions, we're divided. But can we can we just agree on a couple of things? Like, can we agree that Jax Taylor was an evil character on Vanderpump Rules? Can we all agree to that, right? Can we all agree that, that it's not good to lie, right? Can we, can we at least agree? Even if you're a liar, you have to know that it's wrong. Like, when I lie, I feel bad. I know it's wrong, right? Can we agree? So can we agree that Kendall Jenner... Whereas you might think she's beautiful and gorgeous, doesn't strike me as the most interesting person in the world just from what we've seen. Can we all agree? Come on. Can we all agree? By the way, I'm not saying she she must be the most interesting person in the world because that Bad Bunny, he seems wild and wacky as hell. And you're telling me Bad Bunny is going to go for Kendall Jenner? Who the, the weirdest thing about Kendall Jenner is how she cuts that cucumber. Remember when she cut the cucumber and she cut it like backwards where I thought I was like, oh, it's a sociopath's way of cutting a cucumber. Anywho, we're going to get jump right into this Vanderpump Rules recap and we'll take a lot of detours, I'm sure, along the way. Remember, if you like this show, leave it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I always just laugh at that because I'm like, why wouldn't you be enjoying this? Why wouldn't you be leaving the best review ever? And listen, I want to start doing this. And Marissa, if you're listening, Marissa will always listen. And and, and Marissa always gives me uh, – she'll like just give me all these entertainment st- – like she she's always like – she sees so much more entertainment stuff than I do. So she'll throw me and I think she's way younger than I am. So she'll be like, it's always like a younger, like, Oh, Selena Gomez or stuff like this. So it's always really great to have younger people telling me what's popular and what's like what to pay attention to. 
but she always she'll also point out like good reviews like if somebody writes a good review on apple podcast because i'm one of those people where i'll spiral like i you guys know how unstable i am i'll spiral when i when i would see a bad review where it's like really specific i would just spiral so i i had to like i had to gatekeep myself and be like you know, go on Apple reviews. But if you guys write a really good review, uh, Marissa, please share it with me so I can start reading those on the show or reading those on the show more. That would be a good thing. Uh, also, Patreon, we're starting Summer House. Episode two will be on the Patreon. And I think Bill Bailey will be joining me this week to help me recap Summer House, Summer House season seven, episode two. Man, that was still such a bummer of an episode, and I know it's going to shoot way up. I talked to somebody from Summer House today, and they assured me that people will be partying their balls off. And that's really all I need. That's all I need. I'm a simple man. Oh, also, you guys, I had to get out of Los Angeles today because Real Housewives of Beverly Hills started filming. So it's just a dark vibe in Los Angeles today. <laughs> but the cameras are up, you guys. They started filming this week. In fact, tonight, we uh, I just saw pictures of Sutton, Garcelle, and Crystal hanging out. And I'm like, okay, just pace yourself, Ryan. Don't get too excited. And I literally wrote, I said, guys, this is what we need. Stick together, ladies. Because my fear is Sutton's going to break off and become evil with Erica. And I just, that's going to break my heart. Like, I understand it's a career opportunity. A villain role is gone since Lisa's gone. So Sutton might be able to fill that role. But I'm just praying that I get one season of those three women being on the right side of things. But I just feel like Sutton... As much as I love her, she could go, I'll say, I'll say, Ron, how dare you call me potentially evil? Uh, maybe I am evil. I own two minor league baseball teams. I used to own three, but now I just wipe my butt with one of those. Oh, man, I'm a little rusty. I'm not, I gotta, I gotta warm up for Beverly Hills. Oh, I don't think I'm ready. Okay. But what I am ready for is to talk to you about Vanderpump Rules. Once again, I'm just loving the vibe of all of this. The colors, the editing, the music. I I forgot how starved I was for this because it's very different than Summer House, right? Summer House, you know, you put them in one one room, one area, and they're like supposed to do little parties. You know, the show is set up in a certain way. But Vanderpump Rules, it's a bunch of different locations. And it's very different in that it's really – there's a lot of disconnected storylines and people – but it's it's right now it's working for me still and i'm very tentative to like give it a five star but i'm really enjoying it i'm enjoying dj james kennedy and like just what an idiot he lets himself be on tv i mean some of the things he says is just wild raquel raquel truly is finding some sort of voice but i i don't know if you guys are like me where i'm like raquel always seems like she might have been frozen like for the last how old is she? I mean, for the last 27 years of her life and just woke up this year. Like, it feels like she doesn't like, it's like, how do I use silverware? How do I like, it's wild. It, it just seems like she's like been frozen underground and is just waking up and she doesn't know how to do anything. And all of a sudden she's like a whole new world, a fantastic point of view. Uh, I'm going to kiss Madrigal and maybe Garcelle's son and maybe Schwartz and China's wedding. Ah. 
By the way, second episode episode in a row that Raquel is fully on her voice. I know I harp on this, but I used to take voice classes and she had a shakier voice the first couple of seasons, whether it be nerves, I don't know. But now she's really come into her voice, literally, where she's like, what's up? My name is Raquel Levis. How are you? How are you? And I love that. I'm just wanting to know now I kind of like, I want her parents on more to be like, yo, could you show me some video of Raquel growing up? Like I really legitimately want. And now I'm even trying to think like, what the hell were her and DJ James Kennedy talking about? Like that's even with the alley thing, the same thing I, I think about DJ James Kennedy is, Hey, what do you guys talk about besides how beautiful you guys each other are? Like, you know, he's like, oh, I love you so much. Oh, my God. You, your hair. Your hair is the most beautiful hair I've ever seen. Like, it feels like he compliments a lot. But, like, do do they ever talk politics or do they ever – like, you know what I'm saying? Or you know those conversations, you know, when you're just up in bed at night with somebody you love and you're like, tell me what, tell me what scares you. You know, like, is he ever like, I'm scared of dying alone, Allie. Oh, you know, like those, is he ever sensitive? I just, I can't picture him doing that. And so I always think like, if you, cause like we can all agree, DJ James Kennedy is very modelly looking, right? He might not be your type, but he's objectively, I think a very good looking man, or at least I think so. And I feel like objectively good looking men don't have to ever get emotional, because girls are always like, oh, my God, like the chiseled bone structure is his emotions. He doesn't need like that's all I need to see are those cheekbones and that strong jawline. Uh, anyways, this uh, episode is called Vanderpump Rules. Season 10, episode two. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? I'm thinking of Missy Elliott. Anyways, another shout out to Juliana Carraza, who uh, took these notes again. Uh, she's killing it two episodes in. Also, a shout out to Juliana's mom, who I know is, uh, is I think, going to be at the hospital today. Listen, I was saying so many people, Maritza, my mom, every, you know, we, we're taking a lot of hits, man. I mean, that's why we got, it's so important to be able to laugh at this stuff. It's so important to be silly and goofy. Um, and I have to remind myself of that just to be as stupid as possible because we're all dealing with so much. All of us, all of us. I just want us to all win, man. Like we got to win. So anyways, I hope we can all laugh together about some of this stupid. And we can all laugh at Peter, right? Let's do it. Anyways, the cable company describes this as Raquel cozies up to Peter in an attempt to get over James. Okay, now listen, I'm no scientist, but would you ever consider um, cozying up to Peter Madrigal to get over <laughs> to get over to get over? <laughs> I don't know. I find that I know he's. By the way, Peter's not a bad looking dude. Peter's a good. I don't know what. Because <laughs> there's like there's like a Zorro, a Zorro kind of like. Like a like a Fabio kind of vibe with Peter, and like I know Peter like has a profession. You, you know, I I can't I keep harping on Peter, but remember, like I'm OG Vanderpump, you guys. Like I'm back in the day where I remember. You guys remember all the different products Peter Madrigal would try to sell. He had like a candle line for a hot minute before the pandemic, but like he would. He would have all these ideas, but then the way he would execute them would be like he – I remember these pictures of his candles and then the, the label was kind of crooked. It was like 
It's like how I do shit. It's kind of like backwards. I was like, Peter, how you sell a candle line to primarily women? And then it's like bubbly on the label. I was like, and then I think he had like an app or like a video game. Like, didn't he, am I out of my mind or did he not have a slot machine at one point? I swear to God. And then now that I'm thinking about it, like season five, or remember when Tom Sandoval, like Peter was producing a movie and they were shooting it on Peter's roof. And Sandoval was like, who knows? He could be the next James. He could be, he could be the next James Cameron. Like this could be Avatar. And it did, it turned out it wasn't, uh, Avatar. And, and he is not avid, you know, he's not James Cameron, but like Peter's, you know, Peter's, Peter's been involved in a lot of things, just like all of these people have. But I think Sir is his, is his home. Like, I don't know. It's wild. So anyways, that's where Kel cozies up to Peter. Lala opens up about the origins of her last relationship. Origins? What is it, like a superhero movie? Origins? The origins of Randall Emmett. Well, he lost a chin and never regained it. Uh, then it says James throws Raquel under the bus to Lisa. And then Katie comes face to face with the bar that led to the demise of her marriage. Okay. I want to throw this concept out to you guys. And I tweeted this yesterday. And I think some people might have misunderstood my tweet. And I said, you know, you know, how everybody says hot take, hot take. And I find that so annoying, annoying, so tired. You guys, I found it annoying. Um, everybody says hot take. And that annoys the piss out of me because usually the takes aren't that hot. And usually the takes are like, you're just trying to be contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. And it's like, it's never that hot of a take. And then we've just like hot take is a word now that is kind of like gaslighting or uh ride or die. It's just such an overused word. So I wrote mild take because I didn't think this was a hot take. I thought it was barely a cold take. And I, I said, um, Schwartz, I said, uh, Schwartz and Sandy's is not responsible for the end of Katie and Schwartz's relationship. It's a really simple statement because a lot of this episode and a lot, you know, we've heard the discourse so much of, you know, this bar ruined them. And it's like, let's once again, can we all just agree on some basic things? We all saw that this bar did not ruin their relationship and listen, we saw that even knowing that probably 30% of this show is completely bullshit, Vanderpump Rules, but that 70%, we saw so much truth in their relationship. And once again, like I said last week and so many other times, does not mean they don't love each other or didn't love each other. They just weren't right for each other. And we all saw that. And what Katie so smartly says, man, I am turning into a Katie, like full on Katie fan. Like, oh my God, did you see on her? Did you see her on Watch What Happens Live? Look gorgeous. Like she really, Lala said, you're glowing. She really was glowing. Like, I don't know what, I mean, how wild is it that she ditches Schwartz and all of a sudden, like her skin is just like, just, I was like, I want to date Schwartz just so I can break up with Schwartz just so I can look good like that. She looked great. But she said on this show, she said, um, He's like, Baba, 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 I didn't like, I didn't, Baba, I didn't, I didn't choose this over you, you know? She, and she was like, you, you chose everything over me. Like it was a repeated thing. He never really truly chose her. The, the, there's a difference between choosing somebody and wanting to watch Polly Shore movies with somebody in a bed and eat, eat junk food. You know, he wants that comfortability. That's what he loved, you know, 
that comfortability. And I, I mean, I watch what happens live last night and I, you guys probably didn't watch it, but you know, Katie, you know, Andy even asked her like, you know, Hey, uh, are you regretting your decision at all? And once again, very resolute. No, no, not at all. No, not, not regretting the decision at all. And like part of me completely believes her is that I think, listen, the pain of this will go on for so many years. I still have moments of like deep pain when I start thinking about uh, my divorce, but you know, there's enough positive stuff I think happening in her life where she realizes she made the right decision. And I think it's also weird because then it shines that spotlight even more on Schwartz of like, Schwartz is probably still dealing with a lot of the same feelings and doubts he had even in that relationship because Schwartz potentially was the issue. And I know that's hard and it's hard to say because it's like, I like Schwartz too. This is now becoming one of those shows now that Jax is off it where I kind of like, there's aspects of each one of these people that I like. You know what I'm saying? When you've watched a show so much where you're like, oh man, okay, I get it. And life is so weird. You can be a hero one season and a villain the next, even in our own lives. Um, but Schwartz in this way in with relationships, I don't think he is the strongest. And I think it'll be interesting to see what he learns, if he learns ever. And if this makes him face anything in his life. Um, because also he's so quick to be like, oh yeah, I'm just a fuck up and all that. And like, I do that a lot too. And it's like, I gotta, I gotta watch that kind of crap because it then gives you permission to not work on yourself. You know what I'm saying? If you're just like, yeah, I do fucking suck. I suck so bad, man. I suck. And it's like, I will do that. I'll be like, oh yeah, man, I suck. I totally like, I want people to almost put me down. Cause I'll be like, yeah, man, I agree. But that almost excuses you from like, no man, I don't suck. And I want to work on it to be better to not suck. And I, I even think from the previews, I don't think Schwartz is going to have that kind of season where he's like, I'm really working on myself. In fact, the only thing you really want to work on, it, it feels like is this pickleball game. Like this dude had such a hard on for pickleball last week. And I was just like, geez, like, but even then again, like, man, that's great. If you like pickleball, why don't you try to get really good at pickleball and like play tournaments, like get really good at it then. Um, man, I have so much to say about the show. Sorry, you guys. Uh, so Katie comes face to face with the bar. And I love that the showdown, Katie and Schwartz and Sandy's only one will survive death match. Previous on Vanderpump Rules, and we see DJ James Kennedy raging like, come on, come on, come on. Guh, 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 guh. Uh, everyone, including the wait staff, is partying. Charlie, who we barely got last week. We don't get, I think, any at all this week. In fact, I know she was out of town when they did the Daily Mail party. Tonight is the big Schwartz and Sandys. And by the way, Juliana wrote Schwartz and Sandys, and she used different fonts in the notes. And I was like, wow, this is so fancy. So Schwartz and Sandy gearing up for the big Daily Mail party. Remember Tom Tom opened up with the Daily Mail party a couple of years ago, and there's no more changes, you guys. They let Tom and Tom know no more changes. Uh, Katie and Tom's nuptials remind us of how their relationship began and where it's going to now in the uh, preview from last week or the little clips. Katie and the talking head's like, I went to Tom last winter and I asked him for a divorce. Now, listen, I know this is too much, but if we went with my idea of attaching a GoPro to every reality star, we would have that scene. Like that scene is just one. I'm like, whoa, that scene would be like, where did she come to him? Was like, 
was like, Tom, like, asleep for 12 hours. She's like, Tom, wake up. I got some. Like, I want to know what that. And what was the breaking moment? What was the breaking moment? I want to know these things. Uh, so then we have Ariana in a scene like, so you're not going to come to Sir with us? And Lala's like, I don't want to be around Schwartz. When I hear people are communicating with that person, I don't want you in my circle. Lala is so cutthroat, dude. Lala in a talking head's like, Randall's basically being accused of running a casting couch. Really, I don't even think accused anymore. I think we can all agree that he, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it really accusing if we all believe it? Uh, Schwartz then at DJ James Kennedy pool party at the Hotel Ziggy at the end of the show last week, where Schwartz is like, I am not Team Lala. I'm not Team Lala. And then Raquel at Sir is like, so you have a new girlfriend? And James is like, love of my life. And Raquel goes, love of your life. And then Raquel in a talking head, James has completely moved on from me. I need to figure out what moving on means to me. And then Allie, DJ James Kennedy's new girlfriend at the hotel, Ziggy's like, I feel like we low-key switched lives, Raquel. And I was like, Allie, did you used to date Peter Madrigal? And then we're like, you know, these are the best days of our lives. Where we have the drone shots where it's like flying into Sir, flying into Tom Tom, flying into Schwartz and Sandy's. Uh, so we open up and Santa Ball's like, dude, the sign. And we're shown the newly installed neon Schwartz and Sandy's lounge sign as Tom and Sandoval pull up to the restaurant. And I got to say, oh my God, I'll post this video tomorrow in my Instagram. So I was at this Daily Mail party, uh, but it was after, like, it was right, I think, when they were putting cameras down. I think it was around like eight because they had been going since five. So we showed up at like eight, me and my roommate who I used to live with, and we got in and I think like they were, they were like, maybe they, I think they were filming the scene with Katie and Schwartz and I was sitting with uh, Kiki at the talk of shame, who you see a lot in this episode. And uh, at the very end, I got to, I have a video of them turning off the sign of the Schwartz and Sandy sign. And I was like, listen, for a fucking reality show geek like myself, that was pretty cool. And I got to tell you. I'm one of those dudes that likes the name, even though I totally understood where Katie was coming from. But now it's one of those things that grows on me, just like Tom Tom. I thought Tom Tom was originally one of the stupidest names I've ever heard. And now I kind of like saying Tom Tom. It's one of those things. It's kind of like this show, you guys. At first, you think it's really stupid. Then you think it's really stupid. Then you still think it's stupid. But then it kind of grows on you. You know, I'm like a Schwartz and Sandy's podcast sign. I mean, sign, but with podcasts. So uh, they see the sign. They're, I mean, nipples hard. They're so excited. It's just amazing. And Tom's like, wow, I like it. And Sandoval's like, what's up, Brett? And Brett is a manager there. He's like, what's up, Tom? And uh, I believe Brett's the, yeah, the manager over at Schwartz and Sandy's. And I met him, really nice guy. Uh, and Tom is like, Sandoval says this bucket hat's not plain. And he's in a bucket hat. And listen, I got to tell you, bucket hats don't play ever for men. The only person that I think's ever pulled off a bucket hat, potentially for a guy, is LL Cool J. But other than that, like, I, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but has there been any strong 
Like, and also for females, Lisa Renna took it down a notch. Like she, like I sometimes like bucket hat on women, but like Lisa Renna started wearing bucket hats a lot. And I was like, oh no, hey, Ryan, it's me, Lisa Renna. <laughs> Do you see me at all the fashion shows? <laughs> I'm a sheet filler. <laughs> I show up at every fashion show now. And then people go, you ate. Yeah, I ate the runway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Anyways, uh, Tom's like, Sandoval says the bucket hat's not plain. And Brett's like, I don't know. I kind of like it. And Tom's like, see? And Brett tilts the bucket hat on Tom's head. And Tom's like, there you go. And Sandoval's like, what's up, Greg? Is that is that too high? Greg, remember, is the hard-ass business partner of these guys. And I got to tell you, Greg maybe went a little too hard for my liking. He was literally at one point, he's like, Oh, uh, Lisa, these guys are just shitheads. These guys are just full on shitheads. And I'm like, Greg, what? That's on you, dude. What? I mean, but also, you going on national television just bad mouthing your literal business partners at this bar? I don't like, hide the fuck. Like, you, this is, guys, this is, like, this is a real bar. Like, maybe don't <laughs> talk shit about Sandoval and Schwartz. Like, also, maybe, like, if you didn't know who they were, maybe do, like, some real big vetting. Maybe you should have talked to Lisa Vanderpump before you went into business with them. I'm hoping this part of it is a little played out, played up for the show. Because if not, I was like, Greg, then you're a dummy in the end. Like, seriously. You bitching to Lee. I'm sorry, I'm getting so defensive. And, like, I'm like, but like, come on, Greg. Who the fuck are you, man? No, if, Greg, if you listen, I'm sorry, dude. Um... They're just talking because they're getting ready for the Daily Mail party. If there's so much work to be done, everybody's hanging wall art. And Tom yells like, Lucinda, what do you think of the height? What do you think? And Greg's like, do you think it needs to go lower? And Lucinda's like, I think that looks pretty good. And Tom's like, I think the natural light on it looks great. But also remember, Tom's in a bucket hat. So like anything Tom says about anything in this bar now is suspect. We can't trust Tom Schwartz's opinion. Tom in a talking head's like, Greg's been our partner since day one. He's a seasoned pro. He's opened 19 bars and restaurants to date. It can be a little tough sometimes. And then we see a previous scene from one year earlier where Greg's like, we've got ideas coming out of our ass, man. It's not fun and games. It's real hard dollars and cents. And Tom in a talking head's like, you know, a lot of that was due to us just being like inexperienced, you know? Greg goes, we got two days to get shit done. And Brett's like, our chef is not here. And Greg's like, and there is our order. I'm concerned our team is not here prepping right now. So you guys, you guys got some interviews for employees here today. And Tom's like, yeah, we got three servers, three bartenders, potential dishwasher for the Daily Mail party. And Brett's like, well, I think we should look for people who are capable and able to do the event. If they work, great. Um, we move on and we just, if we don't, we move on. We keep looking for staff and Tom's like, we still have a lot to do before we actually open to the public. We need to hire staff. We need to install the POS systems and we need to finalize the menu. But the daily mail party is the perfect way to generate that buzz for the restaurant. I love, like, we need to install the POS. We need to finalize the menu. We need to get running water. We also don't have electricity. We also don't have alcohol at this time. But it's going to be great. <laughs> Brett goes, we got one shot at making a first impression, guys. If we lose the neighborhood before we get our staff, it's over before it gets started. You guys, this is the cutthroat world of bars. 
But what he means is like it's in that little neighborhood. If you live in Los Angeles, you guys know what I'm talking about. But there's a lot of foot traffic in the neighborhood. And, you know, if if you open and people are like, that place sucks D right off the bat, then, yeah, you've already lost your neighborhood. Because it's like at least if nobody came to it, hopefully you would get the neighborhood to come, locals, you know. And if you lose them, then you're just potentially screwed. This is my thought right off the bat, you guys, and from watching this episode and from being in there a couple of times, it really is awesome. But when I hear last week that Tom said like a million dollars, that's the part that scared me. Like if this was like a real hole in the wall bar, and I know that wasn't their thing, but it can only seat and fit so many people. I just get worried always about turnaround, how quickly you can turn these tables, the foot traffic just for the bar. Those are the things that I worry about because, you know, there's only so much money you can take in. And if, if the, even the cost of expense was only 500,000, you know, that's even different, but a million, you just got such a steep climb to, to get this in the black, you know? Um, so Greg's like, do you, do you know what time these guys are coming for the interviews? And Sam was like, they should be here any minute. And Tom's like, wait, your trapper keeper's here, right, Tom? And Sandoval literally grabs a trapper keeper. And if I didn't love this man before, I just fell in love with, no, literally that's insane. You, you know, you're, you run a bar. You shouldn't have a trapper keeper. You should give that to me, dude. Can I tell you? I've always wanted a trapper keeper. I don't, I don't even think this is how crazy Tom Sandoval is. I bet he went and found like a vintage new trapper keeper from the eighties. Like the trapper keeper, like I've told you, like my, my mom never let me have like name brand things. I've told you, by the way, my mom was in the other room, so I got to be quiet, but she's asleep. Um, they never let me have name brand things like I never had Nike. I never had Transformers. I would have like GoBots or there would literally be like the, the, the shitty version of GoBots. It was just literally like things that turn into things. You know? like, and listen, I, I'm so lucky. I never wanted for anything, but I never got name brand things. So even when back to school shopping, you'd go to Walmart or you go. So you'd have like not the Trapper Keeper. You would have like folder buddy and like, you know just a sad piece of velcro you know or just be like a rubber band you put but like the trapper keeper was like whoa like kids with the trapper keeper you guys don't even the chokehold the trapper keeper had on kids in the late 80s i mean i just remember that being the coolest thing i'm thinking of all the 80s thing i 80s and 90s things i never had it was like the tail end of the swatch phase i never had a pair of oakley's even though back in the day oakley's were like what the bullies that bullied me wore and uh it always those like really still trigger me when i see oakley's but like i could never like i never had oakley's like i never had fancy jeans um you know, it was always, but like, it's just funny. So like, but Tom's that kind of guy that I bet this is a vintage trapper keeper, but also it's still a trapper keeper. That's just weird. Uh, the interviews begin and we have a little montage and Tom's like, Hey, nice to meet you. What's going on? And Sandoval's like, you've got your resume. It's Davey. And Daisy's like, that's me. And uh, Tom's like, welcome to the spot. It's Schwartz and Sandy's. And Sandoval's like, I see this is impressive resume. You're on horses, West Hollywood horses, is the brand new hotspot. It actually is so funny. You guys, because that is the bar, the restaurant. You might see it on Dumas all the time. It used to be a bar called Coach and Horses, and it was one of the oldest bars in Los Angeles. It had been around forever. And my old roommate, when I lived by the Viper Room, Sarah, 
she was like the head bartender and manager there. And that was my spot in my 20s. That and Barney's Beanery, which is so sad to, to say. But me and my buddy Patrick and Nick and we and they had, it was a jukebox bar. And it was just you get cheap drinks. And it was just like that was the I, I think I've told this story before. Um, there was one time where it was like a Wednesday and me and Pat, uh, my buddy, we'd work. We worked at the spa together, which doesn't sound as, you know, that sounds tough. But like we, we would always get off, go to the bar, and one night we were like, we'd always our dream was to buy shots for an entire bar, and uh, there was like fifty people in there that night. And Sarah was like, "Yeah, man, I'll I'll give you guys like two dollars per shot." It was a shitty shot, and we're like, "Yeah, we can do that." Like we always just want like you know like a movie, just buy shots for an entire bar, and. Johnny Knoxville was in there with Selma Blair and they were in the back, back corner booth. And I remember giving shots to them and I didn't, you know, I was like, I don't even think like, I think they were like, not, I think it was like kind of like a date. I don't know. But anyways, very excited. Uh, but yeah, that used to be horse, uh, coaching horses. Then it turned into the pikey and now it's horses and you can't get a reservation. It takes like months to get in. And I'm like, that's so funny. Like I've puked so many times there. Um, so Daisy's like, yeah, I've been serving over there. And Tom's like, what's your favorite dish there? And Daisy's like, well, it's a blood sausage served on an extra crispy hash brown, fried hens, eggs, sunny side up, paprika. It's amazing. And Tom's like, I'm so sold. I have to eat blood sausage tonight. Wait. Oh my God. We have so much to do. Uh, hey, do you watch Polly Shore movies? Do you want to marry me? <laughs> and Sandoval's like, oh, I love it. And then candidates for the positions keep arriving. Sandoval's like, hey, I'm Tom. And this girl, Rosiano's like, nice to meet you. And then we have Sarah, who's a server who worked at Joey Manhattan Beach. Then Craig is this guy bartending at a nightclub in West Hollywood called Heart. Never heard of that place, but I don't really get out much anymore. And then Sandoval's like, this says you're a personal trainer. And then Rosiano's like, yeah, it's not bully updated and Sandoval and a talking heads like when it comes to front of the house staff you need somebody who can handle stress and then Greg to Craig goes hey bud if you got a gig why are you looking for another job and Craig's like well I'm not loving the nightclub thing as much anymore and everybody laughs and Sandoval and a talking heads like who obviously have experience then Tom and a talking heads like I'm gonna take the personality over the experience you know Tom you're just not killing it this episode you're going to take the personality over the experience. I get what you mean in theory, but like, dude, let me remind you that Lisa wouldn't even hire you at Sir. Like, let me just remind you, like, <laughs> maybe Schwartz shouldn't be involved in the hiring because he's already like, let's go eat blood sausages tonight. Oh, fuck. We got a thing here. We got the Daily Mail thing. Today. Okay. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, so they're just trying to fill all these uh, positions. And then Tom's like, hey, by the way, you like this bucket hat? And the dude's like, well, you know, it's summertime. You know, bucket hats, I guess, are in right now. Guy has a personality of a wall. And Tom's like, oh, just checking. Sandoval and I talking. He's like, even if both Schwartz and I like someone, he still has to impress Greg. And he can be a hard ass. And Greg's like, how do you wait tables with those nails to this girl, Sarah? She has extra long, pointy, Chloe Kardashian lime green nails. And Sarah's like, very easily. And he goes, seriously? And Sarah's like, listen, when I have nails, I'm kind of like a bad bitch. And Greg scrunches his face. Even though Greg kind of has permanently scrunched face, he's just grumpy, like a grumpy goo. And uh, he's like, what? And Sandoval and Atagna goes, I mean, he is a hard ass. Then Brett goes, let's keep in touch. We'll let you know. And Tom's like, thanks for coming in. And then everybody leaves, and Tom's like, everybody's, like, pretty fucking good, you know? Like, I liked everybody. And Greg goes, I didn't. 
We'll talk about that later. We got a lot of stuff to do. So our uniform, that's what you guys got to concentrate on. I'm going to talk with Brett to make sure we've got everything on the back of the house. And Brett's like, well, we got to put our best foot forward and show that we're proper. We're now over at La Boheme. Now, La Boheme has been there forever in Los Angeles. I remember back in the day, the first season of Six Feet Under. Do you remember that amazing show on uh, HBO? My buddy, Pat, who I told you I used to go with at Coach and Horses, um, he was on the first season. He had one episode on the first season of uh, Six Feet Under as a very, very young dad whose baby died. It's a really tragic episode, but just Six Feet Under is the best show ever. And I, he invited me to the Six Feet Under rap party, which was at La Boheme. And this was like, you know, Six Feet Under wasn't even out yet. And I remember going to this rap party and going like, oh, I wonder if the show's going to be any good. And then it turned out to be the most best show ever. Anyways, La Boheme, it's all gothic inside. But now they have this whole outside area due to the pandemic. It was one of the places I actually went to a couple of times during the pandemic because they would socially distance everybody. And, you know, you'd have to wear a mask all the time. But it was like... I mean, I was just thinking about that. Remember the pandemic days when we just didn't do dick? Like this was one of the first places that I set foot in and it was like very scary still. <laughs> Anyways, we see Raquel and Peter Madrigal walking in for the, their date. And Peter's like in a leather jacket, like he's got the ponytail all put back. And uh, remember last week, Peter was like, I got to get you those nachos, Raquel. We got to get you those nachos, bud. <laughs> and Peter's like, I cannot wait to try the food. <laughs> and Raquel goes, it's cute. Yeah. And they're seated. Peter, Peter takes off his black leather jacket and he has on a short sleeved white button down shirt with black pants. I swear to God, I was like praying for Peter to have pit stains, but I couldn't find him. And, uh, He's like, yeah, like, remember, because last week they were like, let's do it casual. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to wear a shirt. I'm not going to wear a suit, Raquel. Don't worry. And Peter goes, I think I overdressed because it's a little warm, although you said casual. And I'm like, okay, let's go in between casual. And, and the Raquel in the tiniest voice ever goes, happy medium. A server takes their order for sparkling water, and Peter orders a bottle of rose. And Peter goes, the tuna tartare looks good. <laughs> the tuna tartare looks amazing here. Raquel and I talking, I goes, see now James is with Allie makes me realize that there's some part of me that's still holding on to that relationship. And we see a flashback of them at Ziggy where James is like tongue tonsil hawking Allie. And like, I mean, that is gotta be tough. You guys, like it's gotta be tough. Like they've not been broken up that long. And he legitimately went and just immediately filled her role. And, He's not hiding it. He's not embarrassed about it. He's not um, trying to be, he's not trying to cool it down to, to save Raquel's feelings at all. You know, he does not give a fuck and that's got to be hard. And then, you know, Raquel's like, I've got Peter. <laughs> it's just, it's different, you know, because you can tell even if DJ James Kennedy is completely faking it, he's faking it to such an amazing degree. And, you know, they seem like they both do, they both like each other. And with the Raquel and Peter, you kind of sense immediately that Raquel has her doubts. We saw that last week. Uh, Peter, I love, they let Peter taste the rosé wine. <laughs> The server uncorks it, and he literally, I shit you not, he rolls his eyes in the back of the head as he sips, and he's like, excellent, excellent, excellent. <laughs> Raquel goes, I don't know if going on a date with Peter is going to help me get over James, but they say your taste buds change every five years. Maybe your taste in men do, too. Girl, that's not how that works. I really did. <laughs> Maybe you're like, I, 
listen, if I was even Peter, I'd be like, yo, there's no fucking way you'd like me. Like, if, do you like DJ James Kennedy? There's just no, I'm completely polar opposite. And that's why I get scared for Peter, because I think that he might have one of those great qualities of being completely oblivious to everything. And that sometimes will spare your feelings in a lot of situations. But this... You know, but he got, he has to have a healthy self-esteem because I would never, I wouldn't be like, yes, Raquel, let me take you. You're like, no fucking way. And Peter goes, how hungry are you? And Raquel laughs, goes, huh, I don't know. I'm not that hungry. <laughs> I've been on an all carb diet since after the pageant. And I'm like, oh, pageant business. And Peter's like, how did that go? And Raquel goes, not the best. I placed top 15. Listen, we can go back and forth about beauty pageants and all that stuff. But like, listen, first off, I don't think you can quantify beauty at all, but if you can top 15, that's pretty damn good. Unless it's like out of 16 and then it's still pretty good. Like, but if you're that 16th person, that's not good, but top 15, that's amazing. And we can all agree. I think that Raquel's pretty Raquel's really like Raquel, like Raquel does have a je ne sais quoi, right? Like there is something there which sounds so horrible for me to say, like, there is something there. Like, I'm some big arbiter. But anyways, they flashed to Raquel competing in the swimsuit category of Miss California USA pageant three weeks earlier. She's in a pink floor-length tulle-skirted, I don't know, what is a tulle-skirted multi-tiered gown? Guys, that is definitely the Juliana, because I don't know what a tulle-skirted multi-tiered gown is, but it sounds intense. And there's a sash that says Malibu across the front. And Peter's like, I mean, that's an accomplishment. And it is. And Raquel goes, I know. It's pretty good. And Miss California has a very competitive pageant. But it's a little heartbreaking because it was my last pageant. And Peter's like, what? You can't do any more pageants? And Raquel's like, Peter's like, you can walk around my room and I'll tell you you took first. And Raquel's like, no. Because I'm too old now. And then they laugh, like, ha, and they cheers. Raquel in a talking head, though, lets us know that Donald Trump decided that when you reach the age of 27, you've reached your peak. So this was the last chance for me to take home the crown. And I'm like, I looked it up, and that is that is dead on true. Because Donald Trump is uh, the owner of this this pageant. And listen... Um, what do you, what do you ladies think? Do you think after you're 27, it's done for you guys? Um, I, you know, this isn't a political thing, but I'm just saying, do you guys agree with Mr. Trump that after 27, it's over for you guys? Like it's time to pack it in and, and go, go study some law. Like what is are you talking about, man? That's insane. In fact, I think true beauty in women really start at like 30. Don't you like, I mean, cause like then you have like a little bit more. I, I truly sound like an idiot today. I'm so sorry. You guys, Raquel goes, it sent me into a deep depression and I'm obviously, and Peter goes, wait, 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 deep depression. And Raquel laughs, goes, yeah. And Peter goes, are you still in that deep depression? And Raquel goes, no. And Peter goes, you are. And Raquel literally starts holding back. She goes, uh, I don't know. It's hard. I'm just, I'm trying to figure out my life, obviously. <laughs> and it just starts coming. Like, obviously, like, I can't, I can't, I can go back to school to get my master's, but I just want to be single and live my life. <laughs> and you guys, it is such a real moment. And the only thing they kept making me die because Peter's face is like, Peter's face would, I would think would be more shocked. But then I have a feeling that a lot of women have cried in front of Peter on first. 
Peter's like, oh, this is going good. She's already at the crying part. <laughs> no. Listen, we've all, we've all been. <laughs> but Raquel, God bless her, wearing her heart on her sleeve that hard. And that emotional on. <laughs> and then later in the episode, we find out she's cried on two of the four dates they went. <laughs> and Peter, by the way, you know, listen, there's nothing like, once again, there's nothing wrong with Peter. Peter seems like a really nice guy. And he's like listening and he's like doing all the things like he's doing all the things that you should do in this situation. And uh, she, you know, Raquel is just at this moment where she shouldn't be dating anybody. Uh, and by the way, that's why DJ James Kennedy shouldn't. But see, DJ James Kennedy doesn't feel feelings the way that all of us do and that Raquel does. Like he doesn't like if he actually really sat and like sat with those feelings and his actual thoughts and like the, like the dude would never get up again. Like there's got to be some intense shit that DJ James Kennedy has pushed down, pushed down and pushed down. Um, but uh Peter gets up go and hugs Raquel, and she literally cries on his shoulder uh, all over that casual white shirt, still trying to find the pit stains. I couldn't see it. Raquel in a talking head still – Raquel's now crying in the talking head. Raquel continued the crying into the talking head, and she's like, breaking free from this relationship scares me. Everyone seems to have their life figured out, and I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. Which is so fucking relatable, right? Like, I don't even, like, I'm way older than Raquel, and I don't have my fucking life figured out, and I never even placed in any kind of beauty pageant. Raquel pulls away from Peter's man-hand grip and goes, I don't want to get makeup on your shirt, and they both laugh, and Peter goes back to his seat goes, it's okay, I just I just bought it, it's fine, it's a unique low. <laughs> Raquel in a talking head goes, I just want to figure out my life, and I'm figuring out who I am, I just need a little bit more time, I think. Peter goes, well, I don't think you should put so much pressure on yourself, young lady, honestly. And Raquel goes, the past five years, I've kind of like had James as my crutch because he would pay for pretty, <laughs> he would pay for pretty much everything. I'm on my own now, which I love. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but it is expensive. And then Peter goes, <laughs> I don't know why he laughed that hard right there. Like I was like, Peter was, I wonder if Peter was like, Oh, okay. That's a way to get her. I could just give her money. And, uh, but also what a, like, I, I appreciate the honesty from Raquel here, but also just of like, it almost like, maybe is that why they stayed together so long? Like he financially, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then we see Raquel's like little studio apartment later. And it's like a nice studio apartment. And remember studio apartments, probably where she lives is probably over three grand in Los Angeles, maybe even more. And I do believe Raquel really is working at Sir. And remember, they don't pay you a lot these first couple of seasons on, on any reality show because they think you're going to make it up with brand deals and social media stuff and stuff like that. So I truly do worry about Raquel's money. And but haven't we all been there at some point in our youth or even later than that where we're like, how the fuck am I going to pay my bills? How the fuck is that? Like, I remember that 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 first year and a half after my divorce going like, what the fuck? So I get this, but it was still a weirdly funny scene. We see a lot of pretty shots around L.A. Then uh, we land on Sugared and Bronzed, um, this store. Uh, or this beauty place where Lala and Katie are doing a scene. Like last week we had uh, Sheena and Raquel doing the sweat lodge thing or the sweat, the sweated out place. 
these things of like just going to businesses and I, I always just say like, can we just do it at somebody's home? Like, do, do you guys like that when they're like, Oh cool. They're at a brow tinting place. Like, is that exciting for everybody? Cause I don't, I don't know if I necessarily need it. Cause I'm like, Oh cool. They're going to get sugared today. Like nice. You know, like I'm always just wanting to hear what they're, they're going to say. Um, so they go in there, Katie and, and Lala. And we explained that they have four different elixirs. First one is like glow. So you spend a day in the sun and four would be like an end of summer tan. And Lala's like, I would just want to look like I'm not dead. <laughs> um, so anyways, they go in, they're getting all sugared and bronzed. And Lala lets Katie know, can I tell you something? I usually hated my ears. Uh, I usually hated my hair because of my ears, but now my ears are pinned back. And I have to tell you guys, I've always thought... Like, you know how Will Smith, like, supposedly might have pinned his ears, too, because he used to have those big Alfred E. Newman ears? But I kind of think my, one of my ears sticks out a little weird. I should show you some of my headshots someday. And it sticks out a little. And I always like, if I had fuck you money, if I had DJ James Kennedy taking care of Raquel money, I would pin back one of my ears, I think. I think. Like, honestly, can somebody that listens, like, is anybody on a med spa out there? Please. Come on, man. I'll advertise for you. Just do shit to my body and face and stuff like that. Please. <laughs> so, um, also, Lala lets us know that she's still texting with the dude she met at Hotel Ziggy. She's texting with a boy. Um, his name was Ty. And Katie's like, are you going to go out with him? And Lala's like, yeah, on Friday. He wants to hang out on Friday. Will you come? And Katie's like, the third wheel? And Lala goes, it's a group setting. I only feel comfortable in group settings. And Katie's like, well, yeah, but I'm not going to hang out with the two of you. And Lala was like, well, that would be awkward. Um, so they're getting sprayed. And Katie goes, well, my ex is having their like soft opening of their bar. Lala, by the way, is watching Katie. They're nude getting sprayed. And Lala goes, yo. You have good nipples. <laughs> if I had a dime for every time somebody told me I had good nips. No, they blur out Katie's nipples, so I'm not sure, but I'm going to trust Lala. But also, do girls like do stuff like that all the time? Of like, you got great, you got great boob sag. Like, you got a great, your boobs lift really. Like, do you guys, do you guys say that kind of like nice butt, nice butt lift? Like, I like your cheeks. You, you know, like Lala, I don't know if she's trying to be provocative or something, but she's, you know, and then uh, Katie's like, thanks, girl. And Lala goes, "Ooh, and you have a great ass. That bod girl. Katie and I talking that goes, well, the last time someone complimented my tits and ass was, oh, God. Well, now you get now, you know why I got divorced. Remember, I want to point out in DJ James Kennedy and Raquel's relationship. Remember when DJ James Kennedy said at the reunion that they hadn't had sex in like close to two years. But I would imagine Raquel and Schwartz were in a similar boat. Remember that season? Was it last season? The season before where they both uh, I think Stassi was still in that because they both admitted like, yeah, we don't like having sex and we're OK with it. Like we just like to lay lay around together. And I'm like, whoa, man. That was, remember that was a wild, and we were kind of like, I think we, not gaslit, but I think we were kind of like, well, I guess if they're cool with it, I should be cool with it. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Like, they seem okay with it, so why do I care? Like, you know, maybe some people just aren't into getting down like that. But I think now, even last week, Katie said, yeah, I've hooked up with a couple people, so I'm sure it is like a whole new ball game for Katie. Katie goes, she asked about my event, and I said, my ex's thing, and Lala's like, you're going to get the best of both worlds now. You'll get to go enjoy this place and not walk in and be resentful of it, and Katie's like, no, I'm still catching the fucking brunt of it, because Tom's like, can you keep the dogs an extra day because of the bar, and I'm like, I'm sick of the bar excuse. I can't keep holding up the loose ends of the rest of your life. 
And isn't that dark too? Of like, like that is a real thought of like, yo, I can't be expected to pick up all of the slack here. And Lala goes, well, he has to now understand that you don't owe him anything. There's no partnership anymore. It's a strange dynamic right now. And Katie's like, I know a lot of people don't really know how to navigate. We're still figuring it out. Do we still talk to each other when we see each other? Do we hang out? And Lala's like, well, I talked to him. And Katie goes, I know, I saw. And Lala goes, it was weird. I don't think it'll ever be the same between us where we have that soft spot for each other. And I'm in no place where I can practice forgiveness, compassion. And Katie goes, well, why can't you? Well, there's just so many things. Even with my sponsor, I had to go back in my program and repractice my steps. And I said to her, I just want to feel safe again. And right now it has to be enough for me to not drink. And Katie goes, yeah, I know. And Lala goes, I can't let go of certain things right now. Lala on the talking head goes, I was always strong in my sobriety, but in the moment I found out about everything with Randall, I was in fight mode. We have that flash of the LA Times article, the man who played Hollywood inside Randall Emmett's crumbling empire. And Katie goes, it's running you ragged. And she's like, I know, I know. And Lala on the talking head goes, at this point in time, me just existing and not picking up a drink is going to have to be good enough. Any extra energy I have, I have to keep from my kid. And Katie's like, you're spray tan. And Lala's like, is it so streaked? And Katie laughs, goes, sorry, just a little line. And Lala goes, fuck, hot nips. No. And then Katie goes, you should just glitter it. Anyways, like there's a lot of things I disagree with Lala on. Like on Watch What Happens Live, uh, when she was on with Katie last night, she said, Schwartz, like she was like, Sandoval, I'm coming for you at the reunion. I didn't have my bit. Like my baby wasn't like... I just like, guys, can we just all get along, man? Sandoval says things out of his ass sometimes. He doesn't really mean it. And Sandoval's always going to back up Schwartz because it's his best friend. But also, you guys have been around each other long enough where, like, I don't think Sandoval or Schwartz wishes you ill will. I totally see what you're saying about Schwartz not hanging out with Randall. Totally get that. But you saying that you're cut. And then she goes, and I want I want to get Ariana out, like, out from that Sandoval relationship. And I'm just like, damn, that's fucking brutal, man. Like, I would hate to always have Lala out there just knowing that you're, I'm going to get sniped at at a moment's notice. Like, she does not play, and she takes you out at the knees. And like, just, just a fucking gut shot, and it's got to be so intense. I don't think I can handle that. We get a banner on the screen that says, 24 hours before the Daily Mail party, and we see Sandoval packing things in a U-Haul for the party, and Ariana's like, are you ready? And they're going basically to pick up a couch and the couch is like $3,900, I guess. And they're getting glassware and they open the garage and we see the Tom Tom motorcycle with the sidecar in there, which I got to see in his garage. That one time I interviewed him, oh, I geeked out so heavily, but he has all these glassware boxes. Um, but yeah, Ariana's going to help him pick out this couch for that party. And Ariana, Ariana lets us know my love language is quality time. I need to like go on like walks. And in 2017, we have a flashback showing Tom riding a bicycle with Ariana standing on the back. And then Ariana and a talking head goes experience like new things together. We get a flashback in 2017 showing, uh, Tom telling Ariana to spank him and she whacks him on an ass with an S&M leather whip thingy. And then Ariana and a talking head goes, and right now Tom and I's idea of quality time is like collapsing on the bed and passing out. Um, so they're at the secondhand store. He's picking up this chartreuse velvet couch. And it's like a light lime yellow. And uh, they're sitting on it. I've sat on it. It's a comfy, it's a comfy couch. But it was like, I think it was like, it was $3,275, $3,275. And they had bought two other couches before that. This is the third couch they went through. And that is just wild that i mean no wonder you're potentially up to a million dollars um 
we cut to Lisa's Villa Rosa estate and Lala has arrived. She walks in and uh, I love when Lisa's like, come into Villa Rosa. Yes, it's my scene, my big scene of the show. Uh, I love that also Ken refuses still. Like, no, Lisa, leave me alone. Uh, I'm watching soccer. Please, no. Um, so LP, LVP's getting her little tea out like she does. I'm shocked we didn't see the mini ponies. Lisa's like, you've got your new puppies out. Referring to her new boobs. And Lola's like, I do. They keep wanting to bust out for you. And Lisa's like, you're like a little glamour puss. And Lola's like, well, I'm blonde again. I'm single. I'm ready to mingle with a baby in my hip. Who's ready to be a stepdad? And they both laugh. And Lisa's like, you're not looking for that. And she's like, not even a little bit. I'm all talk. You know I'm such a talker. I thought you and James, you had a shag once. Would you ever kind of go back there? And Lala's like, well, we had a shag a couple of times. See, Lala, you told me once. Not always honest with me, Lala. And Lala's like, well, I don't think I want to say it was about being honest. It was because we were drinking and I was sitting on his face. Amazing, Lala. Lisa's serving the tea and we're showing adorable little walk the dog picture teacups. Um, and Lisa goes, was he awake? <laughs> and Lala's like, of course he was awake. I was wondering if you were trying to suffocate him with your big pussy. <laughs> she didn't say big pussy. <laughs> Lala goes, no. Well, cheers then. Cheers. I've missed you, Lala. I've kind of been in a hole. What do you mean? Well, like, I feel happy, but there's this weight of going into the cussy situation between Randall and myself. And nobody has any contact with him? No. Well, that LA Times article's brutal. Well, I have people coming to me daily, and I think it's more disturbing with every person that calls me. But I mean, if you're totally in on it, you must have known there was something going on. Think back. Which is just such an offensive thing of like, think like you're a hypnotist. Think back, Lala. Was there ever a time that you remember seeing Randall put his dong into a bunch of bad actors? Come on, Lala. Think back. We get a flashback to Tom Tom a few days previously where Lala's like, just when you think it can't get any worse, you know, the LA Times article comes out. In a talking head, Lala reminds us he's basically accused of running a casting couch, using assistance to run drugs, and they added up to about $25 million in lawsuits. And Lala goes, the LA Times article seems to be the tip of the iceberg. It didn't even include some of the most horrific things I've been told, and we kind of know those things now. Uh, Lisa, Lala goes, do you think that for the last nine months, Lisa, I have not been spiraling looking back? I know you have, dear girl. How the fuck do you not see it? Don't you think I do that daily? And she starts crying like Raquel on a date with Peter. And Lisa's like, I know, right at the beginning, right at the beginning. Well, don't you think, Lisa, that I wish I would have taken a moment and thought, well, this is weird. I've never seen this house. Didn't your mother say to you, how does he live? How is he with his kids? What about all these questions? Well, I just saw him FaceTime his children. So you think you were blindsided by it? Of course. I was 25, Lisa. I met someone who was like head over heels for me. Take a breath. I'm not going to take a breath. When you're, you're my friend, Lisa, I'm just saying that you're smarter than that. Clearly, I'm not. That is so not true. Okay, explain it to me, Lala. Well, and I know what the outside world thinks of me, Lola says. We get a flashback to Jackson, 2016, going, go suck some more dick for Range Rovers. Also, 2016, Lola going, you've been throwing rocks? And Kitty goes, why? Because I called you like a whore? I call it as I see it. 
And now Katie and Lala are complimenting each other's nipples. That's amazing. Also, that flashback to Jax reminded me that I wish when they were doing the um, the Schwartz and Sandys interviews, <laughs> we would see Jax in a really bad wig and glasses of like, hi, my name's Roger. I'm here to to, to apply at Schwartz and Sandys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a single dad named Roger. Um, we also see a flashback to Sandoval, Sandoval a few days previously going, maybe she should have not, should have known not to get fucking knocked up by a fucking dude like that. And that's what Lala was pissed about on Watch What Happens Live. And listen, that is a fucking dumb thing to say, but <sighs> Lala goes, I know how this looks. I just didn't know that you were thinking that way about me, Lisa. I'm just, I love you, Lala. I know that maybe some mistakes have been made along the way and it all got caught up and everything, but I love you. And that's why I'm coming from a place. That's all. Lisa and Atagne goes, I think Lala's blind to it because she's trying to persuade herself that it was what she wanted it to be. And life's not like that. If someone's waving a red flag, hey, they're doing you a favor. Lala goes, he says to me, I go to a therapist and she's going to tell you that I was not married and you didn't wreck anything. And Lisa goes, oh, okay, okay. And Lala goes, I fly to Arizona. This woman looks me in my eyes as I'm sobbing, saying, he said he wasn't married, but things aren't adding up. This doesn't make sense. And she says to me, his ex was codependent. He tried over and over again to tell her that the marriage is not working and she couldn't accept it. That is not your fault. I left going, oh, Randall was honest. I, I let it go in that moment. Cut to where we are now, nothing about it was truthful. I've had many conversations with his ex. And Lisa looks astonished, like, Lala. And Lala goes, you want to know what she told me? Quote, we used her as a couple's therapist when we were working on our marriage. She was the determining factor. Also, I do want to point out that Lala just, just nonchalantly drops, I fly to Arizona to, to, to visit this therapist. Like, it's like a normal thing. I'm like, yeah, man, we all fly to Arizona for therapy. Like, like, to like I like Randall put her on a PJ. Like, you're going to go to Arizona to meet this therapist. <laughs> this, this therapist is like a fucking actor. It's amazing. And Lisa goes, and the fact that you started to believe him. And Lala was like, correct. Right. And Lala goes, well, I felt for every single thing he told me. I just so badly wish I, I would have listened to people around me. But then... I wouldn't have had Ocean. She's the only thing I can think about in order for me to not bang my head against the wall and go, how the fuck did you not see this in front of you? And Lisa goes, I haven't had any contact with him since the day Pandy, Pandora, my daughter, gave birth and he wanted to come over and see me. Why the fuck would Randall want to come over and see you the day your daughter gave birth? That's fucking creepy as hell. And Lala goes, well, it's so strange that he would want to come over here and have you remedy things when, like, he's had a girlfriend since I gave birth to Ocean in March of 2021. Again, Lisa looks, <gasps> she breaks out of some of that Botox, and you can see she looks shocked again. And uh, Lala's like, yeah, she moved in two days after I left. And Lisa goes, are you kidding me? And Lala's like, no, I'm not. After you, Lala, it's all downhill. And Lala goes, oh, no, honey, nothing gets better than Lala can. And then they share a womanly laugh. And Lisa goes, exactly. Give them Lala. <laughs> um, Randall's a creep. We all know it. But also, um, dude, the, the lady that is Randall's girlfriend now, if this is true, 
top-notch work girl. Like, how the fuck, man? I bet this girl's been flown to Arizona too. Of like the therapist, like, no, none of this is your fault. I know it's weird. Uh, Lala and his ex are both lying whores. I'm a therapist. I'm licensed in a lot of states, and I, uh, you know, I'm a prison therapist as well. Um, so Randall's completely telling the truth. Also, the LA Times, they're a bunch of liars as well. Also, a lot of those other women actors, liars as well. Everybody's a liar except for Randall. I'm a therapist. You can trust me. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? And Randall, true sociopathic behavior. Why would you get a girl? <laughs> Dude, it, that's wild. I just wild. Um, so- hey, guys, we will be back to that discussion in just one second. Uh, I believe we were just talking about there being too much. And uh, I want to talk about our sponsor this week, which is just enough. It, I, I wish there was too much of this because it is genuinely a product that I now love. Uh, our, our, our sponsor this week is our friends over at Factor. This is a food delivery service that is just has been perfect for me. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple examples of why, because I mean, it's healthy, it's nutritional, and also it's already pre-cooked. I just have to put it in a microwave. Um, I want to tell you something. When I started this new year, uh, we all always have like goals for ourselves, right? Uh, If you just listened to even the show most recently this past week, I was talking about my struggles right now with my weight. Uh, I'm working out. And I was talking to my my trainer, which I'm lucky enough to have a trainer, but we were talking about nutrition goals. And it's so funny because um, I said, listen, I don't think I'm eating correctly. I think um, I, I need somebody to take this uh the the guessing game out of this for me. I just need something that I can like put in there that I know this is good for me and this is the right amount of calories and nutrition and stuff like that. And I, I'm not even kidding when he recommended Factor and I was like, oh dude, that is hysterical because they are going to be one of my sponsors. And he was like, no way. Um, so the other story I wanted to tell about Factor really quick is that I did get to try them a month ago when I was at my parents' place and we ordered a bunch of keto meals from them, which they have tons of meals. But my mom, you know, like it was perfect because my mom was going through her first round of chemo and we were all able to eat the meals that they get. And it was like this nice, warm, prepared meal that we were all able to enjoy. Um, unfortunately I had to share with my parents, so they got me off my nutrition plan. So I'm actually buying this with my own, uh, my own moolah because it is kind of perfect for what I'm trying to do with my health goals now. Uh, but factor is there to help you achieve every one of them. You can fuel up fast with ready to eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door, leaving your time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Achieve and maintain your 2023 goals with Factor. You can get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year yet. A lot of us are too busy to cook. And with Factor, you skip that trip to the grocery store, you skip the chopping, the prepping, the cleaning up. Uh, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. Two minutes. So all you have to do is just heat and enjoy. And this doesn't even matter what kind of lifestyle you have. Factor has delicious flavor packed meals to help you live it to the fullest. They got keto. They got calorie smart. They got vegan plus veggie. And they also have protein plus options on the menu each week. Now, each week you can go and they'll kind of map out the whole month of what they have. 
These are some of the things that you can choose from. You got sun-dried tomato chicken with zucchini noodles, which is keto and protein plus. You got ranch-baked chicken with cheesy broccoli rice and roasted mushrooms. That's keto and protein plus. You got black pepper and sage pork shop pork chop with smoked cheddar Brussels sprouts and creamy broccoli, which is also keto and protein plus. Uh, You got creamy Parmesan chicken with broccoli and tomatoes. These are all different options. And guess what? It changes each week. So there's always something new and exciting to look forward to. Like I'm already looking into March and they got turkey, chili and zucchini. Uh, They got jalapeno lime cheddar chicken. I mean, it really is cool and so many options so you don't get bored with what you eat. There's 34 chef prepared dietitian approved weekly options. So there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out these meals, which is so cool. You can round them out with like an assortment of 36 plus sweets, smoothies, juices, and like satisfying add-ons like that. And you can cut back on the takeout. So that saves money there. You just get factor instead. It's cheaper than takeout. So you eat vegan or veggie. It's a snap. Each meal, like I said, prepared by chefs and dietitians. So get factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals. Enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. So here is the deal. Head to factormeals.com. That's F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S.com slash so bad 50. And use code SOBAD5050 to get 50% off your first box. That's code SOBAD50 at factormeals.com slash SOBAD50 to get 50% off your first box. I mean, that's it, it's worth trying it and seeing if it... Listen, I don't like... I wish everything was free. I wish my trainer was free. But it's like sometimes I have to actually invest in things that are, that are going to help me in the long run, if that makes sense. So why not give it a shot? I know I am giving it a shot. So let me know if you do too. Um, and we, we can be factor friends. <laughs> okay, you guys. Oh, also, I'll put all that information in the show notes as well. So you can hit the link in there too, if you forget what I said right here. So now we're at Raquel's studio apartment in North Hollywood, where she's preparing a charcuterie board. Um, so Juliana said, can you tell us what, what kind of area that is in respect to LA? So North Hollywood, you have the Valley, which North Hollywood is kind of a part of, but North Hollywood. So you have North Hollywood, like studio city, Sherman Oaks in the Valley. And it kind of goes down to like Encino and all of that stuff over the hill. You have like Hollywood, West Hollywood. And then you move down like Culver city, Santa Monica, all that stuff over here. Um, so North Hollywood is actually a really, it was, no, it still is an up and coming area. It's gotten so much nicer in the last decade. In fact, uh, I would move to North Hollywood. Like, I, you know, like I would consider getting an apartment in North Hollywood because it's still somewhat affordable. Um, in fact, I didn't realize this was North Hollywood until I saw this note. So I bet that studio is probably like 2,500, not 3,000. Like I said earlier, I thought it was in Hollywood. Um, but it, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a lower rent than over the Hills and Beverly Hills, uh, crime. It's not insanely crime ridden at all. Anyways, their dog Ram that she had originally with DJ James Kennedy, uh, is there. They, she, <laughs> the little dog has some cheese and strawberries on the floor and he just, the dog looks sad. And, uh, Sheena arrives and she's like, hi, oh my God, this is cute about her apartment. I brought you this rosé wine. This is everything you need here. And Raquel's like, I just got this rug under the bed. 
um, washer dryers in there and this is the balcony. And she goes, I love it. It's so nice. Home sweet home. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear about your date with Peter. By the way, I think Sheena was letting Raquel live in her apartment in Hollywood. But then I think her and Brock moved back from San Diego for filming. I believe that's true. Um, hopefully we can find, I'll get some clarification on that next week. But, um, you know, Sheena's like, just give me the highlights. I love Sheena's always like, did you get dicked down? What's going on? Like Sheena wants to get in there. Sheena is like such, uh, I think Sheena just wants the biz. She wants the rumors. She wants the, she wants the hot goss. And Raquel's like, um, I cried. Of course I was a fucking mess. And Sheena's like, oh my God, how many glasses in were you? And Raquel's like, I just sat down. <laughs> Raquel was, I, I don't know. I lose count. And they're like, let's sit. And Raquel's like, Graham's not feeling good. And then, you know, another shot of the dog with the strawberry and piece of cheese in front of it. And she was like, nah. And Raquel goes, I think I need to take him to the vet. (laughs) Shit, you don't even know? And she goes, does James know? And Raquel goes, no, because I set a boundary. (laughs) And we're not doing that. Raquel in a talking head goes, I recently learned what boundaries are. When Tom Sandoval said I should set boundaries. (laughs) And I said, what's a boundary? This is what I'm talking about. Like, I honestly believe she did not know what a boundary was. Like she, like she's like, is that French? Uh, Raquel Deshina goes, and he was like, okay, well, fine, I, 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 fine. I didn't need to see Graham then. Raquel back in a talking head goes, well, I need to make a clean break from James, and that includes not letting James see Graham. Now that's, I, it's a little tough for me to go with Raquel on this one. Um, I'm trying to fully understand it. I know about the clean break thing and that's hard, but man, dogs mean so much. And like, I'm always so thankful that my ex never, never, um, kept Brooklyn from me at all. And also my ex best dog mom ever. I mean, just really just the best, um, there's another knock at the door and Ariana comes in and she's all cute, brings a housewarming plant. And so now we got some girls drinking some rosé, just girls being girls. Ariana loses a hair extension. She's like, oh my God, it looks like an under the sea creature. She just throws the hair back and uh, Ariana's like, oh my God. So the other night it's Sir. And Sheena goes, did you see her make out with Peter? And Ariana's like, yes, thank you. Thank you. And Raquel goes, I don't remember that. I'm dead serious. <laughs> I love that everybody at Sir has watched Raquel make out with Peter, except for Raquel. Raquel's like, I'm the only one that didn't see that. And Sheena goes, and then Sheena goes, and she's cried on two of the four dates. <laughs> and she does the Sheena laugh. And Arna's like, oh my God. And they all laugh more. And she's like, are you leading them on? And Raquel goes, see, this is where I have issues too. And Ariana goes, Raquel, um, he has feelings, I think. And Raquel's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and Ariana's like, it's not hard to understand why he would really like you. And that's dark too, is that Raquel probably, like, really probably thinks that Peter's like, well, I like, I like when people assume that like people just get over things quickly and don't have deep feelings of like, what? Are you kidding me? Ariana and I talking to Ed's like, well, I'm actually like really loving Raquel just out here in the world, finding yourself, finding herself since her breakup with James. And she goes, you know, it's like Forrest Gump when Forrest is running down that path. And as he's running, the leg braces just kind of like break off and he just goes and it's like that, but like run Raquel run. And that just led me. I was like, oh my God, I'm Forrest Gump. Uh, DJ James Kennedy, yo, my guy, I've got custody of Graham. <laughs> Peter, 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 your leather jacket makes you all sweaty, Peter. My name is Raquel, Raquel Gump. 
I'm going to go shrimping. I want to go rosé shrimping. And Ariana's like, hey, are you going to take Peter to the Daily Mail party? And Raquel's like, I feel like I have to. Like, I don't have an inclination to make out with Peter when I'm sober. <laughs> and that's a dark thing of like telling people of like, I um I don't think of ever kissing Peter when I'm sober and I have to be really wasted to do it. And Ariana and Sheena's like, oh my God, that says a lot. And Ariana's like, so, so tomorrow night should be fun. It's another beautiful day in La La Land and James and Allie are on a date going to Lady Bird, an adorable garden restaurant with lots of plants and decorative little bird cages filled with plants and fake birds as decor. Oh my God, of course my computer is overheating now. Uh, also, if you're on YouTube, I had to unblur the background because it was overheating and slowing everything down so now you're gonna see all the uh the crosses in the back uh, my <laughs> not i mean that's not funny it's cute but it's interesting decor um <laughs> elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank but with quince i get high-end versatile pieces at prices i can actually afford now i can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet you guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365 day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. 
tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm a mess. Okay, so anyways, Allie and DJ James Kennedy are having a lunch. He's like, hey. She's like, are you going to drink? He's like, you know it. You know, and he has like a glass of Chardonnay. No, she has a glass of Chardonnay. He has a Moscow mule. And he has his DJ turntable with him because he's going to be spinning at the uh, the Schwartz and Sandy's opening night Daily Mail party. And uh, they're all being cutesy, and he's, like, stroking her hair. He's like, you you look so pretty. I've never met a girl with you as pretty hair as you. I haven't. And I was like, oh, my God, what? And I was like, I hate when you compliment me. And James kisses her. He's like, just love bombs the shit out of her. He's like, are you excited for tonight? And she's like, yeah. Grand opening of Schwartz and Sandy's. Sandoval wanted me to get there extra early, so it'll be a cute little fast dinner. And then we're going to go head over there. Of course, Sandoval's probably rushing around late for everything. And we rush over to Schwartz and Sandy's where everything is in complete disarray. disarray. Everybody's hustling around. And Tom's like, dude, I've been sampling all the batches of the booze and I'm starting to get a little toasty. <laughs> Truly, I mean, this really is kind of a dumb and dumber vibe. Like, I, I Schwartz, man, it's like, Sandoval's like, gotta spit, gotta spit that shit out, dude. And Schwartz is like, I'm a swallower, not a spitter. And then they both like, oh, rock on, man. And Tom's like, I'm just excited for Katie to come here and see all this. Because, like, I mean, dude, I don't need to go to therapy to know that I cannot blame this place for the demise of our fucking marriage. And Sandoval's like, well, I would say it was a good portion. Dude, Greg has told us that there's... And Tom's like, remember he sat us down that one time and told us? And we have a flashback to that conversation with Greg, the business, the mean business partner. With Katie sitting nearby in the background, and Greg's like, well, I've seen this happen in the business where people have had their homes, their marriages, their kids, and then three years later, they live by themselves in their car because they lost everything. And Sandoval's like, you did lose your health and your marriage, Tom. And Tom's like, and all my money. And Sandoval's like, hey, but you still got me. And Sandoval in a talking head, which, by the way, I love Sandoval's talking head look. The white nails, like he just looks slick as fuck. I don't, and Sandoval's like, I understand how opening this bar puts such a strain on Schwartz and Katie's relationship. I mean, with Oriana and I, it's like, 
shifts in the night, but I'm just really grateful that she stuck by my side and hung in there because I just don't want to end up like Schwartz and Katie. <laughs> Back to the scene, Tom's like, what's up, Brett? And Brett's like, how are we doing on the batching? Do we have everything set? Santa was like, no, not yet, but we still have an hour. And Brett's like, uh, the Daily Mail's coming at four and it's 3.47. And the Tom's are like, no. And Santa Paul's like, we have to have this place looking absolutely perfect. There's going to be tons of press. This is the first people seeing anything. Um, so everybody, the bartender, the staff, they're like like getting all this green stuff that smells like Sandoval, they say. They're polishing uh, glassware. And Sandoval and a talking head's like, if we can at least make sure everything looks good, maybe no one will notice things are kind of being held together by tuck tape. I hope. <laughs> no, duct tape and hope. And Sandoval goes, we got to kill it tonight, dude. I, I know we're going to. Dude, we're here, man. And Tom's like, let's go. And they high five. And Sandoval's like, let's do it. And Schwartz is like, I believe in miracles, just not with my marriage or how my behavior is. We go back to Lady Bird where DJ James Kennedy is. And Allie's like, thank you. Is everyone going? And James is like, everyone you met the other night and more probably. How did you feel meeting everyone? And she's like, uncomfortable, but like, good. Who did you talk to the most? And she goes, <laughs> Raquel. And he goes, oh, God. And James and her talking to her, look, it never really is a good conversation, is it? When your ex-girlfriend comes to meet the new girlfriend, it's never like, oh, my God, he's so amazing. The sex was incredible. His cock was humongous. <laughs> I don't think anybody says that about DJ James Kennedy. Allie goes, she was so sweet. And James goes, I mean, she was always sweet, but like, she's got moments, obviously. Like, that saying with the Graham situation, the dog, Raquel never told me I couldn't see Graham until she saw you on my Instagram, my Graham, Graham, on my Instagram, right? And I don't want joint custody. I don't want to go drive once a week and go, hi, how are you? How's life? How's Peter's dick? Sweaty and hairy and saggy and old, but also beautiful. And if I look it straight in the eye, it hypnotizes me. Peter's big old dick. <laughs> I do think it is funny. DJ James Kennedy kind of is obsessed with thinking about Peter sex. Like, because remember the first episode, he's like, you know, people on big, Peter's big fat belly. Uh, uh, uh. Like, I think DJ James Kennedy's thinking about it all the time. He's obsessed with it. And Allie goes, do you feel weird about it? And James goes, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just feel like Raquel is like with Peter. It's freaky. I was really pissed about that. But now I'm over it. I am over it. Like, you know, there's no animosity. There's no anger. There's no anger, anger at Raquel. I'm in a good place. And I feel really happy with you. Like, I just feel so in love. And like, I could scream it from the rooftops. I could, I could literally scream it right at Peter's dick. I'd be like, Peter's dick. I'm staring at you and I'm telling you I'm good and I'm in love with your and Allie goes, please don't scream it from the rooftops. Allie in a talking head goes, when James first told me he loved me, I definitely thought it was a bit quick. And I, I wanted to make sure, like, he really knew what he was saying. And James in a talking head goes, I can't put a time in on love, you know. And he starts drawing with his finger on his palm. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get a, get a girl, girlfriend and I'm going to wait six months. And no, not sorry. I'm not sorry about it. Um, and then Allie's eating her burger and she goes, sorry, it's dripping all over. And James goes, just take a big bite. And Allie goes, it's dripping all over me. Well, lean forward. Do you know what lean forward? I know how to eat, James. Well, just don't get it on your dress. It's a big, juicy burger, babe. This is so fucking... Uh, do I need to cut your... Do I need to cut your sandwich for you? Do I need to cut your burger? Please don't get anything on your dress. You are a show pony for me, please. 
And then James watching her take another bite and he goes, sexy. <laughs> Allie pulls the burger away and there's a big piece of lettuce hanging out of her mouth. And James drops down to grab it out of his mouth like a baby bird and a mother. He's like, give it, give me it, give me it. Gah, 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 gah. It's gross. We see the sun sinking. It's closer to the 4 p.m. hour. And we preview Sandoval dressed in his white suit with hot pink shirt. Look, and Tom is in his hot pink suit with black and white shirt. The lounge is looking put together. Now, the only thing we don't have here is that Sandoval usually likes to do, uh, you know, a motorcycle and a sidecar or some kind of big, like, I was hoping he would get like a jetpack and like fly in or something. And there's no big, like, we're here kind of moment, but it probably just came down to the wire. We zoom around town to check in on everyone. Ariana's at Raquel's. They're like, what are you wearing, girl? Oh my God, cute. I just got something at Zara, but I haven't tried it on yet. So let's, it might look like garbage. Ariana never looks like garbage. We're over at Katie's apartment. She's alone applying her makeup and Katie and Natalia goes, I'm trying to be excited for Tom, but this bar has been a very complicated history for me. It put a massive strain on our relationship. It just was a lot more of a presence in my life than I thought it would be without me having any say over it. And then James and Allie are arriving, and James is like, here we are, Schwartz and Sandy's baby. The bar's alive. Bartenders pouring drinks, the ambience, chatter. Sandoval greets James. How's it going, dude? And Schwartz is like, thank you for doing this. Seriously. Um... James uh, does – James should DJ every one of these events for free for the rest of Sandoval's life because remember Sandoval literally paid for his engagement to Raquel. He did the whole Richella thing. And I asked him like – like I said, he won't he won't be making that same mistake with Ali Chella. No way. I do have to make some kind of meme about Ali Chella. Um Remember, you heard it here first, folks. Allie Chella. They take James over to get set up. And guys, there is not a DJ booth at Schwartz and Sandy's. In fact, I was there when DJ James Kennedy was playing the Daily Mail party. But he really is on this makeshift, like, toilet paper thing. It's not a DJ booth at all. In fact, they don't have a DJ booth at Schwartz and Sandy's. So this was just for the event. Um, and he's sitting on a big thing of toilet paper, just like he did at the Tom Tom. Remember when they had little DJ James Kennedy up in that little room at Tom Tom? Back when that opened. And James goes, oh, you're kidding me, guys. I didn't think I'd have ever the chance to do this again. And they all share a laugh. And Sandoval's taking pictures of James on his phone. And it's like, there you go, dude. There you go, man. And then they everybody does espresso martini shots. These espresso martini shots are will mess you up. I did so many of them that night. And uh, I laughed. Like, we went to, because uh, it's the same street as like La Poubelle. Upright Citizens Brigade and this bar Birds. And then we went to Birds afterwards. And I I left. Um, I left and my roommate stayed. And I was just... But I had done so many of those espresso shots. And it was... It's really good. But man, they will... They're really strong. So they're already doing shots. We see Lala arriving. Brock and Sheena arrive. They're decked out. By the way, Brock is wearing a see-through, ruffled, long-sleeved blouse tucked into black slacks. I feel like... You know, Brock is kind of like a... It's like a steampunk Shakespearean vibe a lot of the time, but also a little Miami Vice. There's a lot of different styles thrown in there. Um, and also, you know, we really haven't got any kind of full scene with Brock. And I don't think we're going to get a lot of full scenes with Brock. And that's wild because I think we see his wedding and, and I think we even see his bachelor party. So hopefully that changes a little more throughout the season. 
Um, Katie arrives and Raquel's there. Photographer's taking pictures. There's a step and repeat. Uh, LVP is being interviewed outside. And he's like, it's a lot of work. Probably didn't realize how much it would be. Sandoval and Tom are being interviewed outside by the media. And Tom's like, the rest of my life is trash. I'll be honest. <laughs> Guests are entering. Everybody's greeted, you know, greeting each other, soaking up the big reveal. Peter is by himself at the bar taking pictures of his fancy drink with his phone, which is cute. He's probably supporting his friends on the gram, but it's very awkward. We see our dear friend Kiki Monique, the talk of shame. She's all around there. Lala comes in, hugs Allie, who's sitting by herself next to James at the DJ stand. And Lala and I talk, and he goes, don't get me wrong. Schwartz is on my shit list, but I like Tom Sandoval, and I can appreciate hard work. And I'm not shocked that the place looks amazing. Amazing. But let's be real. This is not the opening. This is a party to celebrate. We're not open still. Because that is true. We went to this party and it still wasn't open for like three plus more months. And Lala goes, this is so cute. Oh my God. Raquel comes in. She's offered one of the green drinks. It's like a, um, I forgot what it was, but it's like a, maybe a matcha. James sees Raquel enter and immediately rushes over to Allie and starts putting his tongue down her throat and feeling her up. Um, completely childish. Uh, Lisa and Ken enter now. Good to see Ken. And Lisa says she's scared for the guys. And Sandoval and Tom are right inside the door to greet her. Welcome to Schwartz and Sandy's. I do wonder, though, you know, what's the Tom-Tom schedule? Are the Toms still required to go by there? And do they, like, you know, and, and was Lisa like, okay, I only want you to talk about Schwartz and Sandy's so much on the show because I'm still trying to get business towards my businesses because Lisa is not an investor in Schwartz and Sandy's, I don't think. And Sandoval's like, look at this. And Schwartz is like, look at this magical little world. And Lisa's like, oh, it looks great. Lisa and I talking is like, so this is what design looks like when you come up with it on mushrooms. A lot of good music was created on acid and mushrooms. Apparently they can do it to restaurants too. <laughs> I do have to, like, but also, Nicolaine, it's not the design of Nicolaine. I love Nicolaine, who does all my designs. Nicolaine! Um, Lisa goes, thank you. Sandoval hands her a glass of wine, and Tom's like, I've been dreaming about this moment when you say, I'm proud of you. I appreciate that. Thank you. And Lisa goes, cheers to you guys. And Sandoval's like, bottoms up. And Schwartz is like, welcome to Schwartz and Sandy's. And Lisa's like, I know. Now you've got to get ready to open. Our work is just getting started. And Sam was like, yeah. And Ariana's there. She's like, are you happy, excited to Katie? And Katie's like, well, yeah. I mean, I think people are a little surprised that I'm here. And I'm like, no, people, it's not that way. They mill around together and look at everything and pass by Tom. And he goes, Katie, remember when I ordered those light fixtures before we got divorced? And Katie's looking up, kind of ignoring the question, goes, um, you got your gallery lights over there. And Tom goes, come get the sound bath. And Katie goes, I'm trying to walk over there. And she, you know, cuts away. And Tom goes, sorry. And James goes, you remember Ali, my beautiful girlfriend, to Lisa Vanderpump? And Lisa goes, yes, hello. Yes, we met a couple of times. You'll probably eventually be working at Sir one day. <laughs> she doesn't say that. And Jamie goes, yes. And Lisa goes, how are you? And he goes, great. And Lisa goes, and you're doing well at Sir? Yes, Lisa. And Lisa goes, well, Raquel's working there. And James goes, it's okay. What about her dating Peter then? And Lisa goes, she's not dating Peter. Yeah, they are, Lisa. They're inseparable. Him and his big old dong and belly. And Allie's like, they just make out when they're drunk. Allie, stay out of this. My God. Um, Allie, how dare you say that? You don't know Lisa. And James goes, one thing leads, one thing leads to another in these streets. 
James is such a little bitch boy sometimes. Now we're in a scene with Peter and Raquel. And Peter goes, where's your drink? And she goes, I need one. What do you want? A matcha matcha? I can get it. And Raquel goes, I can get it. And Peter goes, no, I'll get it for you. Peter takes Raquel with his hands and looks looks her in his eyes. And he goes, you stay right there. And Sheena, Sheena then comes up and goes, hey, how are you doing? And she goes, just weird being by myself. I'm not used to that. Which is like literally Peter just had her hand, had her head in his hands. And she's like, I've been alone all this time. <laughs> she's she's so not mad. It's like another planet, man. Sheena goes, and then when he's here with someone else, it doesn't matter how sweet she is. She's dating your ex. And Raquel goes, correct. But like, we can't be friends. Cameras break away to show smiling little sweet Allie with James grabbing her and deeply kissing her. And Sheena goes, get another drink, girl. And Raquel goes, Peter's getting me one. And Sheena goes, Raquel, you got to tell him that you hate him. <laughs> and Peter, alone again at the bar, is talking to himself as he delicately tries to arrange the garnish perfectly on Raquel's drink, but fumbles. And he's like, I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> and Sheena's like, okay, when he comes back with your drink, I'm going to walk away and you're going to tell him how you feel. And Raquel goes, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. Peter is meanwhile at the bar throwing down a shot of courage before re- returning to Raquel. Now, I got to tell you guys, it looks bigger on TV, but it's a very small kind of place. So, I mean, this is all in full view of everything. And Lisa's like, to Peter, comes up to Peter and goes, hey. And Peter's like, how are you, Lisa? Well, you know, things always come to my ears. Yeah. So does the name Raquel conjure up anything? And Peter goes, well, we went out a few times. We made out a few times. (laughs) Fingered her once. No. And that's it. And Lisa goes, this isn't 2012. You can't shag your employees anymore. I like when Lisa is like full Austin Powers. Oh, yeah, baby. Lisa goes, this isn't like it was years ago. The Me Too movement has helped us all evolve. Management and an employee under the manager literally can't be underneath the manager because of the power dynamic. It's not like I could shag Andy Cohen. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. This was in a talking head, and the producer goes, well, I don't think that works for uh, other reasons. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's okay. I do like the thought of 2012 being where like you could really get your fuck on. Lisa's like, oh, 2012. <laughs> I remember it well. We had our first restaurant and we would just have big old orgies, big old Hollywood rich people orgies right on the white tablecloth. Yeah, we had to throw away so many menus. <laughs> um, Lisa goes, well, we'll have to have another talk again very soon, Peter. And Peter's like, okay, love you. What a weird way to end the scene. Ariana goes, I'm hoping that me and Tom can kind of like now that this is like you know, here there's a bit of a weight being lifted. Maybe we can like spend some more time together to Katie. And Katie goes, you better. And Ariana's like, I like to be romantic. And then we see Raquel to Peter. And Raquel goes, hey, how's it going? And Peter goes, okay, you know, I'm enjoying the party. And Raquel goes, I just want to like talk to you like a real talk for a sec. Sure. Well, I really don't see like a future between us. (laughs) That's so brutal. And she doesn't mean it brutal. She's just saying, she's like, anyways, I don't like, Think we should ever see each other again? And James passes at this moment, like at the exact moment. And goes, and I kind of want to break things off now before it gets complicated. Do you agree? And Peter smiles. And then they flash the conversation with Lisa. And he goes, I agree. And Raquel, sounding a little surprised, goes, you agree? Okay. And then Raquel and I talking to her goes, I was under the impression that he was way more into me than this. Now my feelings are hurt. 
Guys, say it with me. Women. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Wild. No, um, I will say, though, that night I was there and I did watch this scene happen, even though I didn't know this is what was going on. And right afterwards, I was going to the bathroom and Raquel was walking. And I, the, in my head, Raquel was, I was like, oh, shit, I wonder if she's okay because Allie and DJ James Kennedy are here. And I know Raquel a little bit. So I said, uh, hey, and she's like, hey. And I was like, are you Okay. Like, I was like, how are you doing? Are you okay? And she goes, yeah, I'm great. Like, and I really like, I think she really was great. Like, I think she like forgets things really quick. I don't like, I'm telling you, I've never talked with somebody where I'm like, and I've had that. Like it was same with BravoCon at BravoCon. I don't even think she knew who I was. And I was like, I've been to Coachella with you. I, I'm so confused sometimes by Raquel because sometimes I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Like I'm never, I don't think ever bad things about Raquel, but I'm just like, I, I just, I want to talk to her more and kind of get, I think she would be amazed. I kind of now want to talk to her on the podcast a little bit, just to like test things. I want to, I, I have so many questions. Um, So uh, Raquel goes, give me a hug. And Peter goes, okay. And Raquel goes, and I appreciate you. Like you've always been there for me, like a shoulder to cry on, like consolidate me when things have been tough. And Peter's like, console you? And Raquel goes, you've been able to console me when things have been tough. I appreciate that. Um, Okay, I'll see you tomorrow at Sir. And she turns around and walks off awkwardly. So dark. But I will say, I've seen some discourse this week about Peter. And I, like, I'm thinking one way, but a lot of the girls are like, oh, Peter's great. So Peter's fine. He'll be able to, he's he's going to bounce back. Um, so everybody's doing drinks. Tom's like, let's everybody drinks. And Tom's like, Hey, welcome to fucking Schwartz and Sandy's. Listen, Schwartz, I get it. I've now heard that line 8 billion times this episode. And she's like, I'm so proud of you, Tom. And Tom's like, you're not just saying that to be nice. And she's like, the sign is sick. It's a vibe. And Tom's like, thank you. I love it. And they high five and sit down. And Tom goes, you've been with us, Sheena, through this whole fucking thing. And she's like, yeah. And Tom's like, I fucking checked out of society for a year and a half. And she like, by the way, Tom, we all did. It was called the pandemic. And she's like, I know. Let's get you back in. Here's what I'm thinking. And Tom's like, oh, no, 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 no. And she's like, it's been a couple of years since you came on shenanigans and that's sheena's podcast and tom goes oh oh and she goes i would love if we could do one together and just kind of talk about it like i've been through a divorce you've been through a divorce so many people in the world have been through it it's a relatable topic i love how sheena approaches podcasting sheena natalia goes every friend in this group has done my podcast but i've never got schwartz solo i just think it would be so good to hear this side of the whole story and tom goes by the way, the reason I put my head down is I thought you were going to say, I want to set you up on a fucking date. And Sheena goes, well, no, 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 no. I'm not doing No, 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 no. The thought of going on a date right now, Sheena, I still feel like I'd be cheating. But this kind of felt like one of those things like, no, Sheena, but like kind of like, yeah, Sheena, do it. Like set me up. And um, Sheena goes, it's not like she hasn't gone on dates or slept with other people, Tom. And Tom stops dead and just stares at Sheena with his mouth dropped. And Tom goes, what? Which, by the way, guys, come on. Tom slept with people, too. Like, this should have... Tom laughs and goes, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She's like, shut up. And they both laugh. Tom has a giant tray full of espresso shots with, like, chocolate shot glasses you can eat. He's walking around giving it to people. And then Greg... The, the the mean man, the mean owner is like, hi, Lisa. And Lisa's like, hey. And Greg goes, how are you? 
Uh, well, we only met briefly. What happened, Greg? She's referring to his injured hand he has, and Greg's like, well, somebody cut me off on my motorcycle. And he goes, oh, I thought maybe you did that strangling Sandoval. <laughs> and Greg's like, that would have been both hands. Well, I don't know how you do it, Lisa. To try and get everybody on the same page has been exhausting. And it's not about showing up and buying drinks and shaking hands and all this bullshit. I'm like, wow, you sound far on, Greg. And Lisa goes, that is that is where their strengths lie, Greg. And Greg's like, well, I understand that, that there was going to be a learning curve, but I really didn't realize how much. They know nothing about this business. This has been a difficult project because from week to week, I don't know, there were some times when I would build something and they want to change something. They go backwards, Greg. I'd go, guys, we got to open, but every day costs us $1,000 a day, whether you show up or don't show up. It's money that you're pissing away get to work i think somehow it got a little lost in communication as to what their experience in bars were not somehow lisa it absolutely has <laughs> this is just so but greg's like uh one time i got schwartz fucking bottles literally putting his dick in vodka bottles i'll tell you that much and that sandoval he's just spent so much time painting his damn nails i'll tell you that i mean this this is just a shit show this is gonna kill me this is gonna drive me to an early grave lisa these people have shit for brains and listen but this like why would the it's just so fucking mean it's like i'm gonna tell you these guys these they're just horrible horrible people i don't know why i've been like if you're so miserable greg get the fuck out man like listen we got to put, we got to put positive, we got to be positive here. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, and also, Sandoval does have a lot of bar experience. Schwartz, not so much. I don't know. I'm just praying it comes together. I really am. I want to, I don't know. Lisa Natalia is like, you're right. They don't really know what they're fucking doing. How about that? And Lisa, how dare you? You took their money from them to invest in TomTom and use their name. They were all like, can every can somebody at least be nice to these people? You know, I know they're like Schwartz is a fuck up with his relationship and what what like come on, like please, Lisa and Greg. We get a flash to putting Tom Toms together, Tom Tom together with Lisa and Santa was like, I have a glass company I'm working with and like getting our signature shot glasses where like when somebody takes the shot, they take the glass home with them. And Lisa's like, no. And then a flashback to Sandoval going, Lisa, what if we do some like metal tiling, like dark tile, like color on the ceiling? And Lisa's like, no, we're not spending any money on that. And then another flashback of Sandoval telling Ken and Lisa, I want to make sure like the ice walls are definitely in the middle. He's built more bars than you've had hot dinners, my boy. Boy. Lisa and Italian goes, they can capitalize on their social media and the energy and all that things that Tom Tom brings because that's what we did. And then Greg goes, it's like teenagers that you've set down in the world and I've got to deal with it now. And Lisa goes, I'm just really happy, Greg, that you adopted my my children, my fucked up idiot children. And Greg's like, uh, can I give them back? And Lisa goes, it doesn't work like that, Greg. <laughs> the place is hopping, folks. Tom gets two chocolate espresso shots for him and Katie and they sit in the booth to drink them. And Tom goes, are you ready? They're actually the perfect size. And Katie's like, yeah, well, you know, it has really good vibes. And Tom's like, thanks. You could not have given me a better compliment. And Katie's like, well, you, you worked really fucking hard. And Tom goes, there's no amount of success that could ever replace just not being with my family when they needed me the, needed me the most, like not being there for you. And like, you didn't need me, but I just, I felt like I got sucked into like a parallel universe. And of course I let myself get sucked into it. And Katie's like, it nearly broke you. And it nearly broke me. Yeah. It broke me in. Like, yeah. And Katie goes, so was it worth it? 
title of the title of the episode, folks. Was it worth it? Oh, don't say that. Jesus, I don't know how to answer that. I like, I just don't want to ever think that I chose this place over you. Cause like I didn't. I mean, and Katie's like kind of starting to cry. It's like, you chose you chose a lot over me. You never chose me. And like in any side, in any argument, even like when it was me having your back and things, it made me feel like you don't even like me. Fucking truth bomb right there. I hate that I just said truth bomb, but that is a truth bomb. Like, that's it. He never chose her. Like, we all saw that. We, we did see that. And it doesn't mean that Katie didn't do wrong things to in the relationship. You know, like, that. it doesn't mean that. Like, but we saw that. Katie in that talking head goes, all the, you know, marital issues and arguments and everything we're having is now just personified. This bar is basically the other woman and I'm standing inside of her now. And then she realizes what she said and goes, leaks. Um, yeah, because that's a weird imagery of Katie actually standing inside of another woman. And I just, I, it's too late for me to even go into that. Katie goes, well, I think a lot of things, Tom, I was choosing to ignore, choosing to try to live with and think things were okay, but it wasn't okay. I'm sorry. I'm trying to move forward and not beat myself up too much, but I'm self-aware, you know? And Tom in a talking head, like tears streaming down his face. He was like, I was watching The Notebook. You know, the other day, and I was watching that scene with Gosling, and it's like pouring rain. And he's like, it was never over. It's still not over. And I was like, just like, maybe I should have had like a little bit more of that, you know, like been Ryan Gosling. No, <laughs> no. Maybe I should have a little more of that, you know, like really fought for it. But like, I guess I'd be prolonging the pain and like make her suffer and detracting from her happiness. <laughs> I love it's like when we paint like as men, we paint ourselves to be noble by like, well, so I just I completely fucked up to help her in the end. <laughs> Tom goes, I'm so madly in love with this whole bar and this whole lounge, Katie, like the concept. Yeah. Sometimes I ask myself, you know, was it worth it? I don't know. Next time on Vanderpump Rules and this, uh, we're, we're talking about Lala not giving a blowjob for nine months and then Raquel in a scene going like, Lala told me you guys had sex while we were together. Do you remember that? And James is just looking away. And then Sheena doing the podcast with Tom of like shenanigans with Mr. Tom Schwartz. A few months ago, Raquel and I were talking about how there was this rumor that you guys were making out at Coachella. Would you make the rumors true? And then we have a Katie scene with Lala where Katie's like, Sheena, you're a shitty person. Karma's going to come for you and I will watch your world burn and I'll smile. That's fucking intense. And then Ariana goes, I feel like you're left here holding the bag. And he's over there, just the nice guy that everyone loves regarding Schwartz. And then we have DJ James Kennedy going, you're the one trying to get Schwartz and her to make out. And Sheena's like, no. And then Katie's like, she's a bitch. She's tearing everyone apart. Like she's doing right now. And Tom's like, no, she's not. Katie, 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 Katie. Ooh, you guys, this was way longer than I wanted it to be. But it's the end of the week. I had to cut loose with you guys a little bit. Um, so I think next week, everything kind of really spirals because we do know this shenanigans interview, which really did happen the day after this party. I know that for a fact, um, really sets everything off, sets everything off. Cause Katie, I think got livid after the shenanigans interview. So this will be a really, really good. I'm already excited for it. Okay. You guys, that is it. I hope you have 
the best weekend ever, the best Friday night ever, or whenever you're listening to this. I hope you have a great whatever it is for you. And remember, it is the weekend, so eat something good, drink something great, hang out with your family, hang out with your friends. Just hang out by yourself. Go exercise, go take a walk, or just lay around, be lazy, watch something great, read something cool, maybe listen to an audiobook, not Heather Gaze. I'm joking, I'm joking. But all in all, just appreciate everything that we have around us for the time that we have here. And I know that sounds sappy, but listen, it's Friday. I can do that. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you again very soon on Monday, unless you're the Patreon, and I'll talk to you this weekend. Bye, you guys. Betches.